This is Front Row, and I'm your host, James Whiteside, principal dancer and choreographer with American Ballet Theater and the author of Center Center. Take a seat in the front row as I discuss the creative process and the business of creativity with the world's brightest stars. Laura Brown is the former editor-in-chief of InStyle magazine, as well as the features and special projects executive director of Harper's Bazaar magazine. She has been responsible for award-winning covers for both magazines, as well as the popular InStyle podcast, Ladies First, Laura Brown. She has also appeared as a featured judge on Bravo's hit series, The Fashion Show. I love Laura's honesty in this interview. She's really not sugarcoating her thoughts and opinions on fashion. We talk about InStyle magazine going digital, her favorite covers, including the award-winning Rihanna cover, and what she's got up her sleeve since her departure from print fashion magazines. Laura explores her options as a true fashion entrepreneur, here in the front row. Laura Brown, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to Front Row. Thank you so much. I mean, if you're not sit, you sitting on the front row, you're not relevant as a person. We all know that. You can't see anything if you're all the way in the back. You can. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to dive right into this interview and ask you a really difficult, pointed question. Yes. Okay. Do you believe fashion is art? Um, at its best, I think I could say it's art. I think it's, it's a, it's an easy thing to say. It's art, you know, I think it's like anything. I think it's also like a difference between a good artist and a bad artist or someone saying they're making, and it's just not very good. I think something that, that, that transports you and makes you feel something uh, has been created can be art. But if if my definition is, is that, so if it does that to me, I'll say it's art, but I don't think I can be like, yeah, no, I'm showing some pleated pants down on 7th Avenue and that's art. Yes. I mean, I can say the same thing about ballet, you know, like you have bad ballet and good ballet and it's everything in between. It's the transportive power of the thing that's created that I think qualifies it as art in my view. And I love, there's something about fashion that I really appreciate and it is the sort of painstaking nature of fashion. The, the masochism. Yeah. And it reminds me, it reminds me a lot of the hours put into ballet because you you can't just like make something without any sort of education or time or heart. It is not for the faint of heart. I mean, you are putting one, it's really hard to like, even if you don't draw or you don't sew, whatever those things are, but those those basic skills, really hard to learn and really hard to excel at. Let alone the showing thing where you are immediately judged you know by everyone so you've got to stick your whole like guts out on there and it's it's so oftentimes it's expensive to put on a show and you've got to get always just to like you really got to be made of strong stuff and fashion because you are consistently judged some of and like acting in a way too it's like here i am here's what's inside my brain i'm going to show all of you yeah and you hate it (laughs) i'd like you to try and define fashion editor for me what exactly is a fashion editor what movie are you talking about? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> um i think it's very funny because the industry has changed so much 
I think it was easier to define and I was just clearer in your job back in the day. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. would go to the shows and take notes on the trends and do the shoots following the trends. And it's not very imaginative, is it? I think it's so funny. There aren't that many fashion editors really around. Uh, anyway, I feel like a fashion editor now is more like a, a market editor. I see it as where you go cover the market. So like you, you go and you go to shows for like, Two months of the year, yeah, or ten weeks of the year, and you go on all the appointments, and you go and meet the which I just it's like I can't do that anymore, and and you go and you have all these designer relationships, and then you call in the clothes for the shoot. So if you're editor in chief or whatever it is, you know, stylist says oh, I want that Mark Jacobs look three, you know, um, you call in Mark, like Mark Jacobs look three. So a lot of fast, straight fashion editing stuff or marketing is kind of running a more glamorous UPS. Yeah, it's like museum curation or something. It's like a, it's just like bringing stuff in and shipping yeah, it out. Yeah, fashion stylist, you know, which is also the other iteration of fashion editor, um, is you know creating images for for brands or for or for magazines or for campaigns or you know the stylist. Um, it often works. We'll work, then work with these market editors to facilitate. Um, yeah. You know that they want and the vision they want, and then they have to. You know, it depends on who they're doing it for. You know, it depends on the remit of the magazine or the, or the campaign. Or, but yeah, I'd say it's so funny. Fashion editor sort of has become split and hybridized. And but the, you remember, we all have that nineties idea of it. You know, like pencil skirt, like yeah. uppers. Yeah. You know, I think there was a really famous shoot like that a bunch of years ago, twenty something years ago, of Carolyn Murphy as like a fashion. Editor. And here's my board. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, and there's a few people like that still around, but they all kind of look so. I don't know. I think sometimes fashion is really old fashioned, and um, and sort of wearing all your black and making sure. And now everyone just wants to get photographed and everything else. So it's sort of become, I think, for better or for worse, and oftentimes for better, it is more about the personal currency or the style of the person who is the editor or influencer or whatever than their work and um can be great sometimes or it can just be the gal who's dressed up in the outfit is walking up and down in front of the photographers eight times outside a show you yeah. know what i mean and it's like, okay what are you in it for but you know but that that also like if you adhere to that that does give you a a currency yeah in the business i find it exhausting and undesirable like to to be like okay here's my I'm going to change it to Dior today, so someone thinks I'm relevant in this, and then you know, yeah. I, I, I prefer to have strings to your bow that aren't so obvious. But hey, you know, also people, people that just live and die for fashion and want to wear it and be in it all the time. I think that's um, incredible, like the eight year old, but also not particularly healthy. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you're so you're saying that a lot of the the unique qualities of a creative director have specifically to do with the personal joie de vivre of, of the singular person. I think they do now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, I mean, there's still like obviously low key creative directors, but people, they like a lot of the stylists who are around now, they have a particular brand and they wear a particular thing. And I think that that's, which is the age of social media. You know what I mean? There's not that many, anonymous there's not they're not all prancing around but there's not that many anonymous please tell me you've seen the uh video of there's a woman in a park or something and she's saying like oh come prancer size with me and she has this sort of she like skips through the park in a very flouncy way yeah that's uh, that you know this isn't that's my mom i knew it i knew it i had a feeling i could see prancer size in you (laughs) 
So speaking of creative, uh, like creative freedom and all that, uh, I I love the covers and collaborations you've produced, and I want to ask you what you think your most creative collaboration or cover was. That's interesting. I think God, I'm so I'm so glad I've done so many. Um, um I think. My maddest one, and um, and the one that kind of went everywhere, and I, I, I love it so much. Um, but I have to, uh, two different ways of looking at it. The maddest, most obvious one was uh, it was for Harper's Bazaar, and it was uh, Rihanna and the Shark's Mouth. Yeah, yeah, I know it. And it was because it was the 40th anniversary of Jaws, and um, and Glenn, Glenda, my boss at the time, and uh, dear mate, was like, she's always like trying to get stunts, like, how, what can they do? Can she swim with sharks? Whatever. Yeah. It's always like, you know, it's like Bear Grylls slash fashion editorial. <laughs> and, um, and, but I was like, oh, it's this anniversary of yours. Why don't we? And I was looking at this um, old image of Steven Spielberg yeah. on the set, fake shark, and he's yes. sort of goofing around with these nerdy socks on. And I, I quite like to defend. Like something that's really iconographic, I like to sort of play with that a little bit. So I was like, why don't we put her in the shark? So we shot her in this like aquarium in this crappy looking like fake. I mean, it was a big fake shark, but it had like blood teeth. Yeah. We had to like retouch a lot of that, but it was like the backdrop of it was just a bunch of black garbage bags in a hallway. And um, and she's like in this like you know gold bikini and Manolos and whatever, and and then we obviously superimposed it into the middle of this ocean, and it was so fucking dope. I loved it so much, and it just like she's an awesome, lovely gal, but she's always like late, and she's like you know it was like to, to sort of convince her to come along with you and execute that um, was awesome. So I said that one in style. Um, there were a few, and especially during COVID because it was so hard. And um, the first uh, one I really love was it was literally May 2020. And so we'd been in our houses for about six weeks at this point. And um, and I really wanted to do something. And obviously New York was a zombie town. And and, um, and I wanted to do something that said community because it's what we were all missing. Yeah. And I was inspired by um, Ormond, yeah, the photographer's name is Ormond Gili, and it's a very famous picture called Girls in the Windows, and it's from the 50s, and it's in New York City, and it's all these women in yeah. sort of colorful 50s outfits, all each in a window of this building. Um, so I was like, oh, we should try and do that. <laughs> Let's find a building and some people that are in it and, t- and shoot them on these windows. And it was really hard because you couldn't even, like, go up and really, I mean, you could put them in clothes, but it was masks. And we should, yeah. of course, it's like – building in Brooklyn that actually happened to be like an artist um, artist studio building. And it was, it, was, it was actually kind of amazing that that was just what the building was. Hmm. Put them all in these different colours and stuck them in these windows and it's shot from across, uh, across the street. And it was such a statement on community and it was such an achievement given that you couldn't even see each other in human form. Yeah. Um, that kind of went everywhere. And also what did we do through all of it? Just like ones like Dr. Dr. Fauci, you know, hmm. like – by the pool, where I'm doing my old, doing my kind of older man trick, where I just get an older man and stick sunglasses on him. I did that with Joe <laughs> Biden too. When you're in doubt, I read somewhere that you did a Sesame Street collab too, or like a crossover. What was that? Yeah, well, I was so funny. I had this really long, long ongoing relationship with Sesame Street because of my <laughs> mental age. Um, but the um, the first. <laughs> The first one I did was years ago was Harper's Bazaar and it was designers on Sesame Street. So like Diane von Furstenberg and Rodarte and would go and uh, like be shot with the with the um 
with the Muppets. Uh, but the last thing I did with them was their 50th anniversary, and they came they came to visit me at Instar. If you ever look at the literature, hi, we have an appointment with Miss Laura Brown. And um, and they come and we do a whole fashion shoot. And so I, I end up rolling up to like Sesame Street about every like four years and and doing stuff. So I yeah, have done that. And um and the, but one of the covers I'm I'm really proud of, and again, it was so funny, it won awards over and it was always kind of amazing and so won awards over like the New Yorker and the Atlantic, like in style, you know, and, and after we were closed, we posthumously um, won an award for, um, it's the Secretary of the Interior, Deb Harland, who was the first Indigenous cabinet minister. And mm. and I, um, we had shot her in all Indigenous designers uh, in the Department of the Interior. And I used to, and I, I'll get back to this at some, because I do, I do actually, I don't, there's a lot of things I don't miss, but I, I don't, I miss shoots. And, um, and we, we had agreed to do a, a story with her, but in my I, I got to get big, sometimes like a game show host, and I I knew that I was going to give a surprise and and tell them it was a cover, but they didn't know, and yeah. um and so we're shooting and we got a few shots in, and I was like Secretary Harland and PR and PR or whatever, and I was like, and um and they come over and I go, this is a cover, and they cried. Wow. I mean, that's just like from this idiot, you, you know what I mean? But it was like just be just elevating people who are not necessarily always elevated or taking some people who are known in some way in the culture yeah, and um, yeah. a bit more subversive about it. That's yeah. what makes it interesting. It's, it's, it's something that the eye does not expect, but then you go, oh, oh, shit, that was good. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, thanks. It is. It's amazing. And I want to talk about in style, actually. And I want to, I mean, I know uh, the decision to make in style digital only severely impacted your position as well as those <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic <laughs> um, um the um <laughs> um that god bless you no, that, no um I I can't I mean I'll talk about I won't talk about the company because I can't and I'm you know I'm going to do more interviews about this in the fall but um I think that that I, I think the longer message is and I longer story I am aware of my well, my equity is in the business, and I was growing fatigued with having my fates tied up in this industry. You know, yeah. Period. Um, so my little eyeballs were, you know, starting to to wander. Um, I think my observation on that is sort of an understanding of what print is versus just like. I didn't. I don't read print magazines. Like you know what I mean. So, so it's like when you describe something as just print, it makes it sound like you're in like an attic with like a box brownie. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. No, look, it was. It's a new company. They are very particularly um, digital and very, um, I'd say, service oriented digital. Like how to do a thing, you know, or like you know, or this. This celebrity wears miniskirt in street, you know that kind of thing, and then you know, and that gets clicks and everything else. But that's not our universe. So yeah, so that was February, yeah, and it was, it was certainly was a shock for me. Again, not super impacting my my life because um, I my brain is chugging on elsewhere and. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't – I also don't – I don't really, like, and I say this, and I'll say this more boldly, but I don't, like, especially when you've run some equity in your business, giving people control over you to, like, to be, like, 
And when being in that situation when you're going to be like, okay, I guess I better stick around because of my bonus. What's my bonus going to be? Like, you know what I mean? Especially when you've earned your stripes. Like, in, mm-hmm. for example, and you're, you know what I mean? It's like, you've earned your stripes. You, you earn some control over what you do, I think. And mm-hmm. um, and so I, I really, I talk to women about that all the time and urge people to be like, to say like, even if you have a change in circumstance in your job, Mm-hmm. You don't lose your equity. You don't you lose all the things you built and what you stand on, like at all. And um, don't ever tie yourself up too greatly with where you work because what you bring to it is so much is, is yourself. And that doesn't go. doesn't go if job X or Y disappears. So, yeah. you know, I feel, I feel very strongly about that. And, of course, I'm a 48-year-old lady who's been, you know, doing this for almost 30 years and, I don't worry about myself in in that way, but I, I think it doesn't matter if you're in magazines or insurance or the ballet or, or whatever the hell. You you build a you build equity; it doesn't disappear. So you know when something like that happens, you don't shrivel. And do you think that the the print magazines that have gone digital only will stick around? Well, it depends on what you consider magazine. I think InStyle is basically a website now. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't – they do the odd shoot, you know, of an actor or whatever, but I wouldn't characterize it as a ma- magazine. You know, even if they, and what are they selling then? Uh, traffic. You know, like I think that that's – so it's not I, – I think what – I think there will come a day when it's in this big change period right now where, like, you know, there's some magazines that are still printing and, and they have their sites and – I think there is a way to have that glossy experience online. I really believe that because I honestly, yeah. I, remember I, I, there was back when like digital was really picking up and it was a very think print thing to be like, oh, well, I can't tell if an image is any good until I, until I look at it and print it out. That's like, actually bullshit. You can tell if an image is good on Instagram, you know? So yeah. I think that um, I, you know, so that the fact that I was, you know, at least by in this, in this sphere of folks, categorized as, you know, spoken of as a print editor when I didn't read print. I was like, ah. you know, so I think it's that sort of, but I think there's, there's this grind, this gear gear sticking that's happening right now when especially people who are quite literal or like just don't see the nuance in, like you do a shoot but you can get video out of it so isn't that video not print. Like that is yeah. very easy, especially in New York, like, oh, in business, very clean to categorize, well, this is this and this is this. And I think as an effective communicator, you work in every single way, you know. And yeah. um, and if you and if again, if you're working in a with a company that can't see that, go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever again and again, whatever you do, you know what I mean? If they're sort of if you if you're in a situation where they where the company keeps just hitting the, the one note. You know. And if you were able to create your own position or have any position in the fashion world as an editor or as whatever, what would you want? What's your your dream job, I guess? Embargo. No, um, I work for me, bruv. I'm not working for anyone anymore. No, I, I, um, I'm starting my own media thing and I'm going to do all these different things, you know, under okay. that um, rubric and they're all going to coalesce into sort of a – creative community building um, situation. It could be from podcasts to TV to design to consulting to all of it. And I think that that's what you're not able to do when you when you work for someone. So, no, yeah. I've, like, look, I've been to a lot of fashion shows. I, I like to go to them still sometimes, not all the time. I've done 
out of shoots. I've looked at many pages with shoes on them. You know, like I, there's so many things that I've, tropes that I've d- done. And so there's not a lot of hunger for a specific position because I feel like I've been doing this a lot. And I've had, luckily, the good thing about being a journalist or as an editor is you're privy to all these other people's experience because that's what you're, who you're speaking to or what you're reporting mm-hmm. on. Um, so I want, I want to do all the things and and bring, I like to bring things together, like worlds together, almost like I was saying with what I do with visuals. Like there's no reason why, uh, you know, X lady can't be a podcast TV person and also design clothes or, you know, yes. there's no, there's no rules in it. As nice here, it's a bit, still a bit linear, like, oh, but, but I, when I was in magazines, I always did words and pictures and I never just did one or the other. So um, what my dream position is one I control. You know, and uh, and and that I have complete ownership of, and I can do yeah. something uh, inspiring and and welcoming and and useful with. So it's your own business as an entrepreneur, then. Okay, I guess I am. Shit, I always used to say I was a crap entrepreneur. I think you're wrong about that. <laughs> like I don't know how to do the business plan, but I guess having ideas for shoots is entrepreneurialism all the time. But yeah, I guess I guess I guess I am. You know. And it is, uh, there's a certain amount of knowledge that comes with knowing who to allocate tasks to. And if you can assemble a group of people who can make your vision a reality, yeah. that's highly entrepreneurial in my view. Yes, well, thank you. And, and I think it is, but also, you know what's been nice as well? It's like there's so many tropes to fashion magazines and stuff and your assistant does this and you climb it. And it's like, you know, to remind yourself that you're a functioning person. <laughs> Yeah, you know, with you your can own like, ideas. Yeah, but yeah, and you can, you know, oh, yes, guess what? I don't need my assistant to book the flight. I can go on Expedia. Like, just like, there's something very, I don't know, non functional about it in some ways. There's just like lots of tropes and rituals in fashion that are just are so dumb. Yeah. And, and, um, and I just, I, I like to, you know, at the moment, like I have, I used to have an assistant and she's still, she doesn't, maybe I'll get her back in some way at a different iteration, but I don't, not working with anybody. I'm not thinking, oh my God, I have to have an assistant to field my emails. And I'm like, I don't need that. You know, so there's just something nice about it. It feels quite solid, you know, just to be representing yourself and because you know all that work you've produced and what you stand on. So, and so in this moment when you are, you're not, the head of a huge fashion magazine at the moment. What are you doing about opportunities that come your way? Like, do you negotiate things for yourself, for appearances, for events, for whatever? Yeah, and I mean, it's been a look. It's been a particular time because InStyle closed. We got married. Um, we went. It was no better time to get fired, honestly, because we could just go to Hawaii earlier. Yeah. But like, and then we've just been on this big trip. So I, I haven't done. I mean, kicking the can a lot. Uh, I haven't done, yeah, but I will. Like, I mean, I have my agent is now so stoked that that Ian Styles done because he's the whole year for so long. He was like, "Oh my god, if you persist with that magazine." <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's like I've got an agent, a manager, and like you know, uh-huh. and so we're starting to kind of wrap that up a little bit. Yeah, but if people say to me, "Do you want to host a thing or design a thing or or do that?" I kind of just been dealing with it myself unless it comes through an agent or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's I sort of, that's good because you could do sort of know your worth, and you're like, no, actually, you can. I'll ask you for this, and 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 you'll understand why I am. So, but it feels, you know, I'm not, I'm not timid 
Um, I mean, generally, but I'm not timid in that sounds very disingenuous. But, you know, I think there is when you're sort of asking for, for you know, people can second guess when they're asking for money or raises yeah. or whatever. And I, I, I'm much more assertive about that kind of stuff now. And it's kind of like, okay, well, if you don't want that, then I, I got other stuff to do. It's kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of. Know good. your worth, but it takes time to get there. You got to do it a long time, and I've done it a long time, and and then and and that's why I was just talking to a friend of mine last night, who's a very celebrated chef, and and um and she, you know, they people offer her money to go cook places. She's like, I don't really. Some parts, some things I do, and some things I don't want to do, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. But you've earned the right to be offered that because you've worked in kitchens since you're in your late teens, and mm-hmm. now you're like 51 years old. So, you know, there is. Look, if our faces are falling down. And like, you know, our hormones are everywhere. Might as well make a little more money or something. <laughs> you know, like you gotta earn something, man. You know, I really I, I am with you. wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you had the opportunity to to create a new cover story and to interview and write a beautiful spread and article, who is the creative person that you would choose to interview and photograph uh that is i'm not coming out i've just i've just done so i've been oh so this sounds a very trite like hollywood i've been so lucky to work with them in um <laughs> not that american accent wait can you do that again i have been so lucky to work with the most incredible people um <laughs> oh my god i'm so i've been so blessed so blessed who Sorry, you really got me there. Uh. Actually, no, I really, I, I thought Vogue did, um, uh, uh, oh, what's her first name? Hang on, let me just, it's Zelenska, the um, Ukrainian first lady, but let me get her name right so I can actually say that properly. Alena. Uh, um, you know who would, and it's just it's somebody who's top of mind right now, and I actually think Vogue did a great job, um, Alena um, Zelenska, the first lady of Ukraine. Mm. I think... It's people who, yes, you can do a, I've, you can do an actress, and a lot of them are great, and um, some are, but most of them are. I like to, I want to work with people who have a cultural sway, you know, and have something to say in a particular point in time. And as I'm the one who's more, you know, sadly, I'm most in that now than Elena is. But um, it was like, I, like I really loved doing Deb Harland, you know. I, I really loved. We did a shoot with Barack Obama, you know, um, yeah. where he kind of looked like, and I, he was doing, he was sort of smirking and it was uh-huh. right up sunk that three point ball. And so my cover line was like, that's what I do. Um, so like those so people like that, I, I mean, yeah. there's, 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 there's always an actress you can put in a dress and that's all fine, but there's not people that, people that speak to a moment um, and use their moment powerfully i think is and it changes all the time and uh and what about what about a person who's deceased or no longer with us oh god who would i exhume who would you exhume and put in a dress <laughs> <laughs> um i would it sounds cliche but i would have loved to have met marilyn monroe i want i would like to see if she you know when someone becomes gets drowned by their iconography but like was she a hang like, was she like, 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 yeah. what sort of like girl hang would Marilyn Monroe be? What would she be like at dinner? Yeah. You know, what jokes would she make? Like, and like, that would be like, okay, do my shoot, please, Marilyn Monroe, and um, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know, like, what would she, those, those people who are just imprinted on our consciousness in whatever way, dress up and then, 
what would they have had to say for themselves in a sort of freer environment? You know, in a, in a multimedia environment, if she was on front row with James Whiteside right now, what would she actually say? And I think that those, not like the fantasy dinner party, but I would love something like that to be like, get a sense of what they, because, and then the people that are getting, you know, icons now are just people and they were just people then, but we don't see that because we just go, oh, it's yeah. post. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that's fascinating. <laughs> um, I think that's a great place to stop. We'll stop with Marilyn Monroe there. Oh, I mean, that seems fair. Exume. <laughs> Exhuming Marilyn Monroe. That could be my new podcast, Exhumed with Laura Brown. <laughs> and we just talked about no, dead people. Exhum in with Laura Brown. Oh, no. Oh, my. Okay, I'm clicking leave. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Laura Brown, you are fascinating and very inspiring. And I'm very, very excited to see what you do next. Oh, you know what? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there'll be a lot of it what, it, what it is, and it's all bubbling and it's going to coalesce nicely. And I think that um, everyone will still feel engaged and invited and, 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 and it'll be creative. And, and I, I want to kind of redefine the things that we're all supposed to do and you can do much, much more than the one thing you've done. And that does mean you just rest in that, my love, as you well know. Absolutely. Uh, amen. Well, pleasure doing business. Before I let you go, tell my listeners where they can follow you. Oh, hey, listeners. Um, this is my desperate plea for relevancy because um, I'm not going to do reels. I'm not doing reels. I'm not doing Instagram reels. Uh, no, you can find you can follow me on uh, Laura Brown 99 on Instagram and Twitter. I tweet about once a millennia. Um, but um, Laura Brown 99, you know, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I'm a fun gal. <laughs> Great. So go follow Laura. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks for coming to the front row. Um, Thank you. We'll be drinking when I get back. Amen to that. All right. Bye-bye. Happy birthday. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast. And if you like it, share it with your friends or on social media. You can follow me on all social platforms by searching James Whiteside. My book, Center Center, a funny, sexy, sad, almost memoir, is available everywhere in all formats. Front Row uses music from the song A-flat by Black Violin. Check out the show notes on jamesbwhiteside.com for exclusive video and audio from this podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.